Will you walk with God? Outside of your salvation, the only other thing that matters most is will you walk with God? Because I want you to hear this. You can't, God can't accomplish his will for you if you aren't walking with him. It's not possible. In fact, only those who walk with God can get where God has for them to go. I was thinking about this um, last night of how uh, for the past 30 years of ministry, <clears throat> for the past 30 years of ministry, I've, um, I've always sincerely tried to seek God's will. But I think for most of my uh, time as a believer as well as my time as a minister, um, I tried to work really hard for God, but I wasn't understanding that, that God's not needing me to work for him. He needs me to walk with him and let him work in me, on me, and through me. You know, when, you, when, you, when, it, when something's just work, such as religion can be, it's just a burden. It's just, it's just one more thing that you fall short on. But, and, and it's really it's a dependency upon yourself. You're like, okay, I, I got this, God. I see what you want me to do. I'll go do it. Um, and, um, and, and you can go ahead and uh, deal with somebody else who needs you more than, than me. So understanding how to walk with God is probably the most important thing that any believer in Christ can understand. And I want you to hear this. You know, you never arrive. You never, as we talked about um, uh, last week, you know, you, you, can, you, you can put the past behind you and you strive towards moving forward, but you're always on this journey. Today, God wants a personal relationship with each of you. Not only does he want to, to see you in heaven through belief in his son, but he wants to walk with you for the rest of your life until you meet him face to face. Think about it. And the Bible says that each of us, we're appointed uh, uh, once to die. Okay, so we're all going to die. And then it says after that is the judgment. And as I often try to remind you, at the end of your life, don't worry about what I think or anybody else thinks. Worry about what God thinks. Listen, if you try to live for a crowd, you'll be tossed and turned. But when you try to live for that audience of one your life will begin to get in order. It will get into focus. Listen, everybody in here, I don't care where you are in your season of life, you have to know your why. And so when I know that my why is, okay, to seek the will of God, I go, well, how can I get there? How can I walk with him? How can I not only put my hand in his little hand sometimes, but keep my little hand in his big hand all the time? Today's message is entitled, Patiently Walking with God. Patiently walking with God. What God's shown me is there is no way to walk with God without patience and faith. Would you bow your heads with me right now before we get into this? Dear Heavenly Father, God, right this very moment, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would, would just pour out your spirit and your truth in this place. Open our ears that we might hear what you want us to hear. Open our eyes that we might see what you want us to see. And open our hearts that we might receive not just information, but experience transformation. God, I pray that there's a mighty move today. I pray that every one of us, our faith shifts forward. We get right where you want us to be, which is in your arms. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. The first requirement for you to walk patiently with God outside of the fact that you do have to become a, uh, a, a saved a child of God so that you can come to God through Christ 
is this. Number one, to walk patiently with God, you must live in a state of genuine humility towards God. You must live in a state of genuine humility towards God. Now, when I say state, I'm not talking about South Carolina. We all know the Southeast is the Bible Belt, right? Church on every corner. But how many of you know, listen, it doesn't matter how many churches we have, there's not many people who are walking with God. In fact, the reason we come together, in case you ever forget, the reason we come together and we have what I call a pep rally, to see the, the real missions out there, we come together because we all need encouragement because this world will wear you down. This world will toss you to and fro, and since the majority, listen to me, since the majority of people are going their own way, you need to understand you don't want to follow the majority of people. You want to, you want to run to God. Listen, your approach to God always matters, and your approach to God to, to really get to the heart of God and God to get to the heart of you always is the same, and that is you have to get over yourself. I've had many, many a time God's introduced me to myself, and he's like, Craig, you just got to get over yourself. In fact, whenever I ever first read Rick Warren's uh, best-selling book, uh, The Purpose Driven Life, the thing that jumped out to me was I think it's on page one. It's like first thing you need to do is get over yourself. I'm like, well, you could say it a little kinder to me. But it's just the truth sometimes, you know? Pride, I want you to write this down. Pride is one of the biggest hindrances of us coming to God. God calls us to humble ourselves before him. He calls us to live in a state, listen to me, not, not an event of submission, not a Sunday submission, but an everyday, all-the-time submission. It's like saying, hey, you know what? There is a God. I'm not him. There is a plan, and, and he's got that plan. And, and God, I know that, that you breathe, literally. You, the only reason you're breathing right now is because God's pumping air into you it, 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 listen, how else should we come to the one who made us and shaped us and literally gives us life? Micah 6, 8 says, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you, to do what is right. A lot of people, they say, okay, check, I understand he wants us to do what's right. To love mercy. But then it says, and to walk humbly with your God. Walk humbly. Listen, God's son, Jesus, he showed us how to walk humbly with God. A lot of times people, they don't take a close enough look about how Jesus lived his life. Listen, because Jesus came to earth and, and took on human form, he had to walk with God the same way you and I did in order to accomplish the mission of God. Look at Philippians 2, 5 through 7. It says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. You've got to make sure that you don't bring God to your level. You look up to his level. It says, instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. The only reason Jesus made it to the cross is because he humbled himself and he continued to live humbly in submission to God. He always prayed, not my will, but his will be done. By the way, there is no such thing as a good prayer if it's a selfish prayer. It, 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 listen, plenty of people pray for God to give them what they want, but not enough times do we pray for God to do what he wants. 
Listen, you can't walk with God if you're full of yourself. You can't walk with God if you think you've got all the answers. That's why, by the way, when the bottom falls out in my life or your life, we turn to God because we realize we don't have the answers. We realize we don't have the strength. We don't have enough. We don't, we don't even know what we're doing. Listen, you can't walk with God if your heart is not humbly submitted to him. God calls us to walk, listen to this, humbly and patiently. It's very important that you understand both of those. Colossians 3.12 says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Do you know why sometimes the prayer of a five-year-old goes further than the prayer of a 50-year-old? Because they have a childlike faith. Sometimes, listen, I'd rather have a little child praying with me, especially one that just believes and just like, listen, you know what? God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And so there, there's a difference. Listen, we have to remember that he's the father with the children. You do not outgrow, you do not get to a point to where you're an equal. Whether you live to be 30 or 80 or 100, you, are, you never become God. Listen, the scripture says that, that, that our thoughts compared to his thoughts are nothing but a grain of sand on the beach. I understand that, that there is a God, I'm not him, that his will is greater than my plans. My best laid plans don't compare. So, so what I started learning once I started realizing the power comes in walking with God is I'm like, God, take over more, take over more, take over my mind, take over my heart, take over my journey, take over the leadership of my home and my life. I'm just trying to get, listen, I'm trying to, to let God, I'm trying to make sure I deflate so he can elevate. I'm, I'm just trying to, to, to decrease, because I keep getting in his way, by the way. I mean, I keep running into self. I don't know about you, but I run into self often, and I'm like, okay, now I know why Jesus said, if anybody's going to follow me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me, and it says daily. That's the difference. Some people do it as an event. Other people, they do it as a lifestyle. Are, are, are you ready to, to decrease? I had to camp out on this one, because I want you to hear me. You can't, it, sometimes you can't move to two, three, four, and five until you have taken, you have gone to first base. And first base is getting on our face before a God, not worrying about what anybody else does or does not do, and say, God, I surrender all, and this is not a vow for today. This is a vow for the rest of my life. Because I'm telling you right now, if you're not determined to walk with God through 2023, you won't walk with God. Because it is something you must do with intention. It must be your greatest passion. That's why Jesus said the greatest commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Because when he has your heart, he'll have your life. You won't have to tell anybody anything. They will see the evidence of God in your life. To walk patiently with God, number two, you have to expect hardships and learn the value of enduring them. You have to expect hardships and learn the value of enduring them. I've, I've, I've been blessed to walk along the journey of many new believers of all ages. And one of the things that I, 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 I remember that, that's come up with so many of them is um, uh, it could be weeks later, a month later, it could be a year later, they've given their heart and life to Christ. They're like, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord, and I believe things are crazier now than they were before. I said, well, who, who, who told you that they, life would not still be crazy? Who told you that, that, that people who know Christ 
don't have hardships. Listen, the Bible says that, that, that he, he, he reigns uh, trials and, and, and tribulations on the, the righteous and unrighteous. We all are going to have hardships. But do you know what separates a believer and a non-believer when it comes to the hardships? Because somebody says, well, I hadn't had anything change. Yes, you have. You have hope now. You have hope now. The, the person who's not a believer in Christ, who, does not, who is not confident in who God is and that God is in their life and that, that nothing can separate them from the love of God through Jesus Christ, all that, they are a victim of their circumstance because however they feel and whatever they're dealing with determines their faith. For a believer, even death can't slay you. To keep walking with God, you need to expect hardships, but also rejoice in them because, listen to me, God's doing something. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. I want you to understand the confidence is not self-confidence. In fact, the older I get, the less confident I am. Maybe you aren't like me. I'm a very self-conscious person. I'd love for everybody to like me. I'd love to get everything right. I'd love to not look stupid, but it's my middle name. In fact, I hope sometimes, you know, you look at my life and you're like, man, God, if you can do something with that idiot. But, you know, my hope, my confidence is not in me. It's, it's the moment that I realized God had a plan for me. God had a script for me. I didn't have to create it. All I got to do is wake up each day, take God. Let God take me by the hand and listen to his voice. Lean in. Listen, for the person who chooses to walk with God come hell or high water, that person can be sure that God is using every single hardship. Now, I want you to hear something that we need to, we need to fix in theology. People um, often say, well, God will work everything out for the good. He wants to, but sometimes we don't let him. And let me tell you what I mean by that. The scripture does not say that he works everything out for everybody. It says he works all things. In Romans 8, 28, it says he works all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose for them. I hear two things in that. First of all, that person's a believer. And number two, that person is choosing to walk God's way. That person is, is seeking to say, God, I want to live out your purpose for my life. And then what that person has upon them is the thing that I wake up with my great confidence each day is this. I know I'm where God wants me to be. I know I'm striving to be who God wants me to be. And I know that I have completely yielded as I possibly can to go God's way. I don't care about any other mission than his. In my life, in my family, in the ministry, because it's not, you know, we all have different facets of our life. There is none. Listen, you got to let God take over everything. And then, listen, you can expect God to use everything. Even the stuff that, that you want to put in the trash bin. Listen, when you're going through hardships, understand this. God is wanting to strengthen you more than you've ever been strengthened. God is wanting to give you greater faith than him, even if you have less faith than you. God is wanting to bring you to a level of confidence, of hope in Christ. God is trying to get you not just to wake up, but to walk with him. Romans 5, 3 through 4 says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. 
and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. There's two kinds of pain. Just pain and useful pain. It's up to you whether or not you want to waste it. Whatever you've been through, whatever you're going through, whatever you've had happen to you, all of that stuff can, can, can better your life and bring greater glory to God. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, talk shows us how Jesus endured his everyday hardships. It says, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Do you know how Satan works? He first of all tries to distract you. Then he tries to discourage you. Then he tries to depress you. And ultimately what his goal is, is to destroy you and destroy everything that ever matters in your life. He's always after us. Listen, though, just because you don't feel like he's after you, he's after you. You don't, you don't want to live naive. You don't want to live naive because we're always, listen, on a spiritual battleship. We're always dealing with, with spiritual warfare. Listen to what the passage tells us in Hebrews 10.36. This really spoke to me this week. It said, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Listen, you have to make sure that you continue to wait on God even when it hurts. Even when things are weighing heavy on you. Every battle that we face has value when it's put in God's hands. Every millisecond of your struggles and your, your feelings, they can be turned and used for, for your good and for God's glory. But thirdly, to walk patiently with God, you have to wait on God and do so with great expectation. To walk patiently with God, you have to wait on God and then do so with great expectation. Now, you've heard me say this before. There's two ways people come to church, obligation or expectation. In fact, I told a pastor, I think, I think most of you understand now that, um, that if, if I really feel like I should say something, I really don't have a filter. I want to say it with the right attitude, okay? Listen, anytime we're doing something out of just obligation, even walking with God, we can't have expectation. Understand, the moment that you get back close to God and all the times that you are staying close to God, you can be sure, you can be absolutely sure God's going to hold you together, hold your hand, and he's going to take you through whatever and to whatever he's meant for you. Jesus, he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed, the Bible says. He oftentimes, he would have to go meet with God by himself, and humble himself before God and keep going, God, you know, God the Father, I, I want what you want. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. He, 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 was, he was often overwhelmed. Scripture even says he was, he was overwhelmed. But yet he kept praying, God, if, if, if you can't take this cross from me, uh, help me bear this cross that you have for me. Listen, to walk faithfully with God, you have to truly learn to wait on God, even when you want to kick and scream. Listen, 
You may want to run forward and you may want to run away. But what you most need to do is you need to run to God. And understand, there is no one that has more for you and has more unconditional love for you and will help you and will hold you and take you where you could never take yourself than your God who knows every single thing about you. He wrote the plan. Why not go to him for the plan? Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Listen, you can't do what God has called you to do without courageous faith. You have to believe that God knows what you don't know. You have to believe that God sees what you can't see. You have to believe that God can do. If he's called you to something, he will do it. He will work it out. He will do it in his time, though. Scripture says that he makes all things beautiful in his time. Time. Hardest thing I think for any of us to do sometimes is just wait. Psalm 5.3 says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and then I wait expectantly. See, the difference between a quiet time with the Lord that you just do because you did, and you said, well, that made me feel better, versus, versus uh, hey, something that, that, that you go, man, I can't wait to do that again is when you know that that encounter with a living God, with an all-knowing God, with an all-powerful God, that he's holding everything in his hands. You, you, you then have expectation for the day. You're like, man, this is going to be a God-made day because I'm going to let God take over. Listen, you must learn to put all your hope in God and, and in what he says and in his word. Psalm 130, verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord my whole, I want you to hear this part, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. It's in the NIV, Psalm 130, verse 5. It says, I wait for the Lord. Listen to this part. It says, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. You know what society needs to do? Society needs to finally believe in absolute truth and say, if God says it, I believe it, that settles it. It doesn't matter what the preacher says. It doesn't matter what other people say. What it matters most is what God says. And if God says it, it's truth. I want you to write this down. God promises to renew and reward those who wait on him. If you wait on God with your whole being, and you seek God with your whole being, and continue to walk with him patiently, he promises to renew you and reward you. By the way, not all reward is seen or felt, but the reward will come. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who wait in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Listen, sometimes we don't feel like God's doing anything, and we can't see how God's working. And if he is working, he's not working fast enough. And so then there's that temptation that we all face, and that is this. If God can't take care of it, I will. If God can't fix it now, I will. And that's the moment that we get outside of his will because we were in a waiting chamber, but we just didn't want to wait. Psalm 37, 7 says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. It doesn't say sit there and just have prayers and, and read poems and stuff and, and, and yet, you know, just endure until you go to heaven. No, it says come into the presence of God, meet with God, turn everything over to God and wait patiently because God's going to act. 
Listen, if when you truly uh, don't feel like life is in control, you need to realize that God is in control. In fact, that's usually when your faith walk begins. Most of you know my, my health issues and stuff and, 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 and just my nerve damage that reeks all throughout my body. But I'll never forget. I'll never forget about 30 days um, after my first back surgery. Me not understanding a bit of what God was saying while I'm pushing, while I'm walking with one of those uh, two-sided walkers, ripping the tennis balls off, my, off, the, off the bottom of them, by the way. God told me. He said, son, I got you on a faith walk. Now, you need to understand, whenever God made that clear to me, and he's like, listen, I'm, I'm taking you faith walking, I thought we was going to wrap that up soon, okay? I thought like, hey, we're about to score a touchdown, fellas. Like, I'm about to be over all of this. But what I didn't know, it was just the beginning. And listen, you can't rush the journey. Sometimes the best thing you can hear is that, 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 that life is not a 40-yard dash, it's a marathon. And that it's not just about reaching the destination, but the journey matters. Because all throughout the journey, God has orchestrated a plan to use even the things that have hurt you and cut you to the deepest. In fact, I think the healing comes whenever you start seeing those things that were nothing before but pain and distraction and depression, you start getting to see God use those things, and so they aren't wasted anymore. That's where the healing comes for me, man. Any, anytime I can run a, you, you show me anybody who's battling physically with some chronic pain or chronic illness, my, my heart just jumps straight to them. My heart just wants to go straight to them and go, hey, I understand what it's, what it's like to feel like you, can only, you can't walk unless he's holding your hand. So it's like a magnet, and you'll find that with your stuff. Whatever your struggle has been, every time you encounter somebody who has a similar struggle, you're like, I think God wants me to share my story. I think God wants to use my story. And while you're helping them, God's helping you. But fourthly, to walk patiently with God, you have to trust in the Lord even when things don't make sense. You have to trust in the Lord. I want you to hear that part. Even when things don't make sense. Most people... Only trust God and only go praise Jesus when the bank is full of money and when the world seems like it has no troubles. Listen, you've heard it said before, the, the God of the good times is, is, is still the God in the bad times. The God in the mountains is still the God in the valley. I don't know about you, but I, I see a lot daily around me that overwhelms me and doesn't make sense to me. And, and, and God has called me to, to do things that, that, that don't even make sense to me. You have things in your life that God's called you to. You don't want to be. But you know you've been called to be. And what you have to understand is the call does not have to make sense to you. It does not have to make sense to you. God called plenty of people who did not even know where they're to go, but they knew God said, hey, take the next right step. I've learned through the years that God never, ever, ever asks us to figure things out. That, that, that releases me a lot of a burden. He, he, God's not asked me to work everything out. God's not asked me to fix everything. God has asked me to trust him with everything, to trust that he is working things out, to, to seek his will and to trust his will. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord, listen to how it says it, with all of your heart, that's your whole being, 
Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Do you know what the greatest difference is between us and God? Simple. He's God. Don't try to play God. Don't try to be God. Don't try to, don't try to think that you can think like God. Listen, if you only walk with God when life makes sense, you'll never walk with God much. You'll never walk with God much. You have to be still and know that he is God. You have to be still and know that he is in control. You have to be still and know that he has a plan, even if life is upside down. you got to trust the Lord, even when it doesn't make sense. But last but not least, number five, you've got to keep dying to self and let the Spirit lead you. If you're to walk patiently with God, you must keep dying to yourself and let the Spirit lead you. You can't walk with God in your own flesh. See, a lot of times we're thinking we're living dependently, but you really we're living independently because we put things back on us. We, we, we start thinking, again, being led by our gut instead of our God. Listen, only as you die to your flesh can the Holy Spirit lead you. How much does God want to take over your life completely? How, do, how does he do that? You keep surrendering every piece and every fiber of you. You don't say, God, well, I like to do it this way. Or, God, I've always done it this way. Or, God, I want to do this. I want to do that. No, when you're in humble submission, you're like, God, take over everything. Because I know if I do it, it's just going to be a mess. Trust me, I've tried that a million times. And, and this applies in every area of your life. To keep walking out your faith, you have to keep dying and, and submitting yourself and saying, Holy Spirit, lead me. The Apostle Paul, a man who walked with God, he said this in Galatians 2.20. He says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that you can live the Christian life yourself. In fact, it was the fact that we didn't have it together that we had to come to him to begin with. It's the fact that we didn't have it together that he had to send his son Jesus Christ to begin with. If we're complete without Christ, why have Christ? It is Christ who completes you. It is Christ who helps you. And that's why the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through what? Christ who strengthens me. Scripture tells us this, that when a believer uh, becomes genuinely a believer in Christ, that the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. And that Holy Spirit empowers us to do the will of God. In fact, it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that you can be patient and that you can pursue what God would have for you. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Holy Spirit will change your heart towards people. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You say, but pastor, sometimes I just feel so weak. Well, join the crowd. I might start a group for that too. I'm going to be the ringleader. I'm a weakling. Life is constantly um, crumbling me. I mean, I, I feel, I, I can honestly sit here and tell you, 
I feel 100% less confident about Craig today than I did a year ago and so on. Because what God's done through all the things that he's allowed me to endure is he has gotten away my full of myself. See, how many of you, you didn't even know you were prideful until you were introduced to your pride? I didn't realize how unhumble I was. That's why sometimes the, the people who have the greatest spirit about them are broken. Because brokenness, it, it, it brings us to our knees. But the Holy Spirit helps us. Listen, when we are absolutely depleted, Romans 8.26 says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. I want you to hear this. You don't have to be strong enough. I praise God for that. I don't have to be strong enough and smart enough and anything else to accomplish the will of God or to see the goodness of God. Listen, the Christian life is not about you being good. It's about him being good. I love reading the Psalms because it's full of practical truth and, and, and prayers. And, and here's something that I believe is, 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 is just a sinister to uh, prayer from the psalmist that, that, that is good for each of us to kind of wake up to. And that's Psalm 143.10. The psalmist says, teach me to do your will for you are my God. Do you see the alignment there? God, I'm coming to you right now. You are my God. And I want to do your will. And then he says, may your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. Because listen, scripture can give you principle, and yet you, you need detail that only the Holy Spirit can reveal to you. You still operate by biblical principle, but God has these specific plans for you. And so you, you, you're tuned in saying, God, take me where you want me to go. Um, do what you want to do. I said, some of you, like me today, you feel stuck, though, in a waiting chamber. You're waiting on God to do something, uh, to change something, and it just feels like, like that God's not doing anything and things aren't going anywhere. But I want you to hear this from me real clearly. It's in the waiting seasons that God is actually doing more than less. When I look back on any heavy waiting season I've done, I, I just, I, I'm remembering this right now. I remember the first time I heard this. From another fellow pastor. The first breakthrough God wants in your life is in you. First breakthrough that God wants in your life is you. It's like the song that says, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Listen, in the waiting season, God is trying to draw you closer than you've ever been. God is trying to get more of your attention than he's ever had. He's trying to work everything out. And oftentimes that, that begins with him working in us and on us so that he can work through us. When you are waiting on God, you can wait with great expectation because you know that you're not trying to run ahead of him and you're walking and living in tune with him. You've got to learn how to wait on God. Listen, we live in a society where everybody wants things instantly. They want to go, hey, let's just forget about 2022. Let's instantly make everything better in 2023. And how many of you know it just doesn't work that way? But we can surrender it all right now and, and, and wait with great expectation. I close with this scripture, Isaiah 30, 18. It says, so the Lord must wait for you to come to him. I want you to hear that part. Some of you think you're waiting on God. No, God's been waiting on you. So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those 
who wait for his help. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father God, I pray, Lord, right now, on behalf of everyone that's listening right now, I pray, God, that they would turn to you, that they would run to you, that they would yield in, in, in complete submission to you. Lord, I pray that they would discover how great is your love. Lord, I pray that they would embrace your forgiveness that stretches from the east to the west and beyond. God, I pray that we would all know, Lord, that in Christ we are new creations. You are at work in our lives. And you promise that you who begin a good work in us will continue that work. God, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives, for the things that you've been using to get our full attention, for the things that you've been using to, to uh, get us where you need us to go, God, for the things that you're, you're doing, Lord, that are bringing us to a relationship of walking with you instead of trying to work for you. Lord, forgive us for the times in the past that we've not met with you and you wanted to meet with us. But Lord, I pray from this day forward that I and I pray others join me that we will resolve that we, from this day forward, will walk with you, God. We will seek to listen to you. We will seek to, to tell of your greatness and your goodness in our lives. Lord, take us where you want us to go. Do what you want to do. Lord, we thank you and trust you to do immeasurably more than we could ever dream or imagine in our lives. God, help us to wait on you and to walk patiently with courageous faith with you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Will you stand with us? This altar is open. I'm available right here. But if you want to come to this altar during this time.